You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Usually at the top of the show, I like to have some little rant. Not ready, just and it's not like I like to have some little rant. I usually do have some little rant because I'm a I'm the ranting type. Perhaps you've noticed. Regular listeners can attest. Uh, but this, I, I don't have anything really to rant about. Uh, it's midsummer. Um, on my well, midsummer, the beginning of summer, uh, halfway through the summer, and on my way here to record the podcast, lots of gorgeous half naked people looking sweaty and attractive in their gorgeous half nakedness. Uh, And I found that very distracting. And anything that I had planned to talk about at the top of the show was just sort of wiped away by the sight of the uh, shirtless soccer players across the street from the undisclosed location where we record the podcast for you every week. So uh, I got nothing except your calls, which we're going to get to right after this. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage today for details. So first, I'll, I'll give you a little background. I love women. I have had my, had my first experience when I was quite young, and I'm passionate about women. I love them, love how they smell, how they taste. I love being around them. But I also discovered a few years later that I also love cock, and I like how that feels. I love sucking it. But um, I don't like dating guys, and I just I never have. Um, and I was debating whether or not to call or not because, you know, I just, I've never liked sexual labels personally. Labels are just, they're too cut and dry. They're too black and white. Either you're gay, you're straight, you're bisexual, means you like men, you like women, et cetera, et cetera. And there's no gray area involved. And, um, I don't know. I think in the last eight years or so, um, with the last administration, things have become very black and white. People see things either your one way or the other. Um, but unfortunately, in a Western society, we need to have labels so people can process uh, how they can, uh, you know, their, adjust their frame of reference. So um, I've told people that I'm bisexual, and um, I'm fine with that up until the point where. I disclosed that I don't like dating guys, and usually for my male friends, they go, oh my God, how can you call yourself bisexual? You don't like dating guys. So I'll have to say that on a percentage scale, as far as my preferences go and my libido, I would be 100% for women and pussy and an extra 30 40% for sucking cock. So is there a term that I should be using? Is it bisexual? Is it not? Is it metrosexual, which I've heard lately in the last few years, but I don't like that term. It makes me think of blah, 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 blah. I had to cut you off. I was ready to stick my gay cock in your bisexual mouth by the end of your call just to shut you up. I can see why guys might like you to fillet them because then you'd stop. I've heard a lot of things pinned on the Bush administration, uh, and I'm down with blaming the Bush administration for fucking everything that went wrong. We had rats in our attic in 2005. I blamed the Bush administration. But blaming the Bush administration for cut and dried labels, gay straight by, is really a reach and kind of deeply silly. You love women. 
You like cock. And, and you kept saying you like cock, not men. I get it. You know what? That makes you bi with an asterisk. That makes you bisexual. And you need to clarify what that means to the people that you're communicating with about your sexual orientation. Clearly, you're not interested in relationships with men. The men that you might pursue need to know that going in. And you know what? At suck, and you know, with sucking cock being thirty to forty percent of your sexual interest, that's pretty high as the cock fetishist, otherwise straight, bi-identified guys go. So the women you date need to know that too going in. And you know, you just aren't going to get a lot of sympathy from me, not because you're bi. I'm totally sympathetic to the plight of the downtrodden bisexuals, but because you seem to think that. You shouldn't have – that there should be some perfect label that captures you uh, 100% uh, and that you shouldn't be required to elaborate at all on your, your, your sexual interest and your sexual orientation. That you shouldn't have to have a conversation. That you should be able to say I'm blah or that nobody should make any assumptions about you sexually. Well, that's not the way people work. People label. They categorize. They make assumptions. Um, most of them are, are innocuous. Uh, and people need to communicate with their sex partners in the world about who they are and what they want so that the people who are what you want and may want you to know that they can sign up for you. A woman who's down with being with a man who can totally love her as a female and is down with that man occasionally sucking cock. She needs all that information from you. The guys that you pursue, they need to know that as efficiently and energetically as you blow them, that's as far as it's ever going to go. Believe you me, gay guys and straight guys who sometimes sign up for this and bi guys have encountered guys like you before and will again. And some of us, some dudes may not be down with what you have to offer, but many, many, many will. Stop whining. Hi, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old bisexual female, although I'm somewhat androgynous. Um, and my concern is that I'm losing my attraction for women. I've been involved with seven different people so far, three of which were serious relationships. Only one was with a girl, but we were 17 and we, we dated for a year. It was, our, it was both of our first real relationship and it was very intense. Um, and I was in love with her. I've known I was bi since about 12, and I've never had any reason to doubt it, even though I hadn't been for a, with a woman since up, up until I was 17. But I'm just concerned that I've had all these relationships since then with men, with boys, and maybe I'm not bi. And it's really confusing me because it's been part of my identity for such a long time that I want to be this person. I want to be this bi androgynous person. I feel like that's who I should be, but I'm not sure that's who I am. I do fantasize about women. I get aroused watching sex scenes, but just lately it's been fading. So just want your input and your advice on that. Look, it's lovely to be bisexual. I don't want to have a whole bi-bashing program. Uh, two of the tech-savvy at-risk youth are bi, the biggest and strongest ones, and I don't want them to jump me after the show and beat the fuck out of me. But 
female sexuality, as we've covered before class, is very fluid. And you may have been bisexual. Uh, you had bi uh, desires, impulses. You had same-sex relationships uh, or a same-sex relationship. But you seem inordinately sort of attached to this bi identity as, it some, as if it somehow makes you a better person and you're having a hard time letting go of it. Instead of just embracing your crazy, fluid female sexuality, I mean crazy in the nicest possible sense of the word, like crazy, rad, like the kids were saying 10 years ago or so, you were bisexual and past tense. It doesn't mean it's a lie. It doesn't mean it isn't the truth of your experience. And it doesn't mean that you won't perhaps be bisexual again in the future. And you can remain bi-identified even if you're not banging women. No one's going to shred your bi card. Uh, you just have to sort of embrace the fact that for many women, they experience their sexuality is very fluid and they're identified as bi for a time, perhaps lesbian for a time, perhaps straight for a time. And as you slosh around back and forth, it doesn't mean that you weren't what you thought you were when you thought you were. It doesn't mean you aren't what you are now while you think you are what you are now. It doesn't mean that what you're going to be in the future might be something a little different. Just roll with it. Hi, Dan. My name's Kelly. Um, the issue that I'm dealing with now is I've recently started dating. And um, I actually left in November and just recently started dating a couple months ago. And I've met some a couple of pretty nice guys. My main issue has been I feel kind of like a guy. Um, you know, I, I'm not trying to demonize men or think that there's something wrong with everyone. One, what ends up happening is I haven't actually had sex in this time that I've been now free of my horrible marriage. Um, but once I start to get intimate with somebody, I am immediately no longer attracted to them. And, um, you know, I want to date and have fun with it, but it just feels like lately I just, I can't even bring myself to have sex with them because it's like you make out for a little bit, fool around, whatever. I've even, you know, I've gotten pleasure out of this. I end up leaving or, you know, ending things because I just am like <laughs> immediately put off by them. And they're not horrible people. They're really nice guys. They're respectful. They care about, you know, making me satisfied and all that kind of good stuff. So um, I'm just not sure... If maybe I'm just not ready or, but I feel ready, I want to definitely have sex, um, but it just seems like I can't even get past the whole foreplay thing. I'm just immediately, and it's good. It's not even bad or guys that don't know what they're doing. It just, it just, I immediately am just like, ugh, don't even feel like dealing with it. And then I end up hurting people's feelings and I really don't want to do that. 25 years old. Yes, I'm one of those idiots that is now divorced. Of a nearly four-year relationship. <laughs> yes. So most of your early 20s was consumed by this relationship. Right. You're only seven months out of this relationship, and you only right. have started to think about dating and banging other guys in the last couple of months. Right. Here's your problem. Uh, you're calling me and bothering me about something that's not really an issue yet. You're still sort of wading into the dating pool. You can't really infer anything from your first couple of cold feet experiences about your general state of mind or any major malfunctions. Okay. I will say this, though. Because of your history, I think you may associate any sort of physical intimacy with an instant commitment because you made an right. ill-advised commitment to this other dude and an early oh. ill-advised marriage. And you probably jump from, you know, sex to the presumption of long-term 
Right. And you just need to tell yourself, your reptile brain needs to tell your higher brain, that you can fuck another dude, and he's not allowed to assume that there's any long-term commitment packaged up with the sex. And it may help if you say that out loud. You say, you know, I like you, I totally like to bang you, but for the record, and saying that out loud may help unlock your libido so that you don't lose interest at those moments. Because what happens is you go up to that cliff's edge and your libido goes, last time we jumped off here, we got in trouble. Right. And you just need to build a little bridge over that chasm by saying out loud, I'm going to fuck you. That don't mean I'm going to marry you. That don't mean we're boyfriend-girlfriend. That don't mean anything. Don't make any assumptions. And he'll say, all right, fuck me. Right. And I don't know if that's been something that I've been doing to myself because it seems like I'm the one girl that is, like, attracting these, you know, re- their lights are on. You know, they're ready to get married, and I'm like, and that's maybe part of the reason I'm like, uh, I don't even want to have sex or anything at this and point. responsible because you don't <laughs> want to have sex with somebody who's looking for exactly what you're not looking for, uh, lest, they, lest that gives them a, a, the wrong signal. Less you, that, that entails them assuming that you are interested in the long term, which is why you need to say it out loud. And then they can make their own choices and their own decisions. But again, right. it's only been a couple of guys. It's only been two months. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing, what I'm, the next sort of dynamic that I think uh, may be going on for you. You look at a guy, you want to fuck him, and some part of your brain starts contemplating the, whether he's a possible long-term partner. Right. Which I think is good. You know, I think everybody should do that a bit with the people they fuck. Even if, when you fuck people, you're only going to fuck once. I think it's better to fuck people that you could picture yourself with long-term because you're not going to fuck skis balls necessarily or, or meth addicts or bank robbers. Right, and now I'm afraid I'm going to be too picky and because of what's happened to me. And I do. I had a really good physical relationship with my ex-husband, so what I'm afraid of is that if I'm openly like, hey, we're just going to have sex for now, there's no commitment or whatever. I'm from a weird area where that's kind of taboo still. And like you said, people once upon a time used to date more than one person. So it's kind of just I don't want to scare people off with the potential of it turning into something more down the road and, you know, at the same time <laughs> getting laid. Which <laughs> And you know what? The way you're describing it is charming. And everything you're saying is sort of charming. And you just need to say it to the guys you're about to fuck. Right. And then everybody's got all the information they need to make their own choices, to make their own informed choices, and nobody can bitch then about getting hurt. And I think if you say out loud, I don't want sex to mean we're married, I don't want sex to mean that we're making any assumptions about the long term, but I don't want you to assume that long term couldn't be a possibility because I wouldn't even be dating you if you weren't the kind of guy that I could picture myself with. Are we all good? Let's fuck. (laughs) All right. Well, that sounds good to me. I'll try that. Good luck. Thank you so much. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice. When you sign up today, might I suggest The Best American Erotica of 2008, edited by Susie Bright, amongst others, might make good road trip listening. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook download today. Hi, Dan. Um, a little bit of history here. I was married young, um, fresh out of college. The marriage was really great at first. We had a lot of fun. We grew apart and a few years in. It got not so good. And a couple of years ago now, we divorced. Um, since then, I've really had no desire to have any kind of serious, committed relationship with women. Um, I just want to 
be free and enjoy myself and enjoy my friends and, uh, you know, have a fun buddy here or there and just have a good time. I'm not into a whole relationship and everything that comes with it. Uh, and I'm very upfront with the women I get about this. I tell them going into the relationships that this is where I am and where I'm at in my life. This is how I feel. And I want to go out with them. I want to have fun with them. I want to fuck with them and have fun with them. And that's about it. Um, they seem to be okay with it at first. Everybody's down and we have a good time. And gradually over the course of a few months, the level of expectation rises. And the women seem to kind of slide into that relationship mode and, expect more out of me and want that commitment and I'm still not ready to give it to them. And inevitably we end up breaking up and they end up hurt and I feel like an asshole. Um, I don't want to feel like an asshole. I feel like I'm doing the right thing by telling them where I'm at with my life going into a relationship. Their expectations been changed and they get hurt and then I feel bad about it. Um, I guess the advice I'm looking for is what else can I do? I don't want to be the douchebag who's going around hurting women and uh, breaking hearts, not to sound too conceited. Um, what can I do, what more can I do to prevent that from happening? Uh, listen, if you're doing the whole full disclosure thing, the hurt feelings in the end really aren't your problem. You're not hurting women. Women are hurting themselves with you uh, as the weapon of choice. One caveat, you say that as things go on and you have this sort of fuck buddy situation quasi-relationship, uh, women come to expect more from you. I think that that's reasonable. I think the longer you're involved with somebody, whether it's casual or more serious, you have a right to greater expectations, not of a long-term commitment, not of marriage, not of children, but of more consideration for your feelings, for your time, uh, for your life. Uh, and so I'd really, it would be helpful to know what it is that they're wanting from you that you get squirrely about giving them. If they're wanting a ring, they, you have absolutely every right to dump them and it's their own problem, uh, that they got hurt. If what they want is your home phone number, if what they want is, uh, you to be there for them the day their dad gets hit by a car and dies and offer them a shoulder to cry on. That's not an unreasonable uh, expectation. And that's the kind of consideration that you should offer to uh, someone that you're involved with, whether there's sex or not. Um, the longer you're involved with them, the more they have a right to expect that kind of consideration and care. But if you're full disclosing, not interested, nothing long term, just cash, and they agree to that and they have some ulterior motive perhaps or a rising tide of feelings sweeps them away and they come to have hopes for the long term and you have to end it. Their problem, not yours. Hi, Dan. I love your show and I am a straight 34-year-old woman and I really just want to know if you could explain to me um, like a little bit about gay male sex because I realize that I don't understand. Like I just don't know anything about it and I'm a little embarrassed to ask my <laughs> friends because I don't know. So anyway, so I'm asking you, like, most specifically, could you explain the whole top and bottom thing to me? Like, if you're a top, are you only a top? Are you only a bottom? And um, how does that like come out in conversation? Like, if you're going on a date with someone, do you ask them before you even meet? Or if you meet somebody, do you ask them and then it's a deal breaker? Like, are you just like not compatible? Um... And, like, if you meet someone through a friend, like, what's the etiquette? I mean, I guess if you meet someone, like, at a literary event and, like, they, you think they're really hot and you want to go out with them, do you ask that before you even go out? I don't know. I'm really – I just – I'm curious. I also am curious, like, if you're – if you're – if you are getting – receiving 
um, anal sex. Um, do you come from that? I don't know. Um, or do you need like a reach around as well? Or <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm just really curious about how it works. Jesus, rent a porno. Go to Xtube. You can watch guys fucking for free at Xtube. You can see the magic anal sex reach around. You can see guys getting their asses fucked while they stroke themselves, which I always think is kind of analogous to, you know, a woman is getting fucked uh, in her vagina. And as everyone should know by now, 75% of women require additional clitoral stimulation in addition to vaginal penetration in order to climax. So women who want to come when they're having sex have to do what? They have to reach down and play with their clits themselves or they require uh, their partners to reach down and play with their clits while they fuck them. That's basically what gay guys do who are getting fucked in their asses. They stroke themselves or somebody strokes them and everybody wins. Uh, You hear sometimes about guys who can come just from being fucked. I've never actually fucked one of those guys. You can fuck a guy who strokes or you're stroking them and you can get them really close and you can take your hands off their dick and you can keep fucking them and kind of push them over the edge. But that's really sort of everything beginning to just go off like gangbusters. You know, they're already just on the verge and so turned on physically and mentally that it just puts them over the top. Now, the whole top-bottom thing, some guys identify strictly as tops, some guys identify strictly as bottoms, uh, but most guys are a little versatile, even if they have a clear preference for fucking or being fucked. With this big asterisk, this big asshole-shaped asterisk floating in the air, not all guys who are gay have anal sex. I know that's going to blow your mind from straight land where somebody's got to get fucked or it's not sex. There are lots of guys out there who are only interested in oral, mutual masturbation, and rolling around in a pile. Now, here's the magic that gay men do, uh, that if straight people would do it, would improve your sex lives immeasurably, and I think I've mentioned this already. How do we establish top-bottom, versatile here are the magic four words. What are you into? Question mark. That is a question that almost all gay men put to their new sex partners or the guys they're dating at some point, usually early on. Uh, if it's a trick, if it's like a you know quick and dirty, horrible thing, it's usually the first thing that gets tossed out there. What are you into? Well, I'm only into X, Y, and Z. And then you guys figure out if you have basic sexual compatibility enough to run off and do X, Y, and Z. But in a relationship, if you're dating, if you meet some guy, you go out, maybe you have a little bit of audition sex, you feel each other out a little bit, you see kind of naturally where they want to go when they're rolling around with you. But eventually, all gay people have this discussion, whether they're a one-nighter and a quickie or dating relationship sex, what are you into? And You're allowed as a gay guy to say, I am not into being fucked. What an amazing world it would be if women were asked by the guys who are dating them, what are you into? And a woman could say, I'm not into being fucked. Amazing. Wouldn't that just blow everybody's minds if straight people had that conversation too? You said to a straight guy, you're dating him. Lady, you, young woman, you're dating the straight guy. And you say, what are you into? And he says, I'm not really into vaginal intercourse. Would you still date him? Most gay guys would still date a guy who wasn't really that into anal sex if they were into him, if they liked him and they were attracted to him emotionally and physically. That wouldn't be a deal breaker. For most straight people, I'm not into vaginal intercourse. It would be a huge deal breaker. I know tons of guys who are in relationships with other guys where they don't have anal sex because not because one partner or not because both partners aren't interested, but because one partner isn't interested. And yet they still have a fully functional, satisfying sexual relationship and an emotional relationship. Dun, 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 dun. 
what are you into? If there's anything I could leave straight people who listen to my show or read the pod, or re- if there's anything I could leave straight people with, read my column or listen to the podcast, it's how much improved your sex lives would be if you all started asking each other what gay people and lesbians have been asking each other since gay people and lesbians first started asking each other anything. What are you into? Hi, Dan. I'm a 16-year-old having trouble with my first LCR. I've been with this guy since I was about 15. He's great, supporting, and GGG. We fucked a few times, and it was amazing. But in the past few months, I've been messing around with other guys and decided maybe I'm not cut out for this monogamy crap. I love my boyfriend, but I find it really difficult to be just with him. About a week ago, I brought this up with him. I said I still loved him and I wanted to date him, but I needed a few weeks to sort out my problems and see where my priorities lay. He freaked out on me, telling me how how much he loved me and couldn't imagine life without me and how it was the best thing that ever happened to him. In the end, he threatened to kill himself, so I dumped him. I I hung up the phone crying and called a few other friends, and they all said I should dump the motherfucker already. I love him, but the scary part of his personality surfaced, and I don't know how it can be with someone that needy and fucked up. So the sex was great. He had a great personality. I loved him a lot. But I can't decide what to do with him now. At 16, I would hope you're not fucking tons of guys, because at 16, you don't probably know enough about your own ass and your own dick to uh, have indiscriminate promiscuous sexual intercourse with a cast of thousands. Uh, which is a whole separate issue than – and I hope when you're fucking around these other guys that you are using condoms and being safe, uh, blah, blah, blah. Which is a whole other issue than this drama with the guy you just dumped. You were right to let him go. You guys don't want the same things. He wants monogamy. You want a cat around. Uh, he wants a commitment. You don't want a commitment. So setting aside the whole part of his personality that emerged when you tried to end it, you needed to end it. For those reasons alone, sexual, basic sexual incompatibility, and you don't want the same things out of a relationship. So it's over, and you're only fucking 16 years old. Uh, you're not going to be with this guy for the rest of your life, and he's not going to be with you, and he will get over you. You were right to dump him when he threatened suicide if you should think of dumping him, because that is a kind of controlling behavior. It's a hostage situation where the person takes themselves hostage and threatens to harm themselves if you should do what you need to do, which is dump them. So yes, you did the right thing. You dumped him. I hope when you're out there catting around at 16, you're doing the right thing and mostly limiting your messing around with other dudes to dudes who are close to your own age Uh, with dudes who are committed to sexual safety, that a lot of what you're doing is non-penetrative, rolling around, masturbating together, and that you're reserving varsity-level sex acts for people you're dating, people you care about, people you can trust, and that you're using condoms. Hi, Dan. Um, I've never had sex before, and I connected with this guy on Craigslist, um... I've done, he's a lot older than me. I'm 25. He's uh, late forties. I've done everything that I can to make sure he's not like a psycho serial killer. I uh, made him verify that his picks were his. I met him in a public place. I'm giving his name and address to uh, somebody. Um, But I am about to go Uh, be with him soon, like in the next couple of days. And I've 
getting really worried about like STDs. I don't know what he has. He's just a lot older, so he's probably had a lot of partners. And I, I don't really know what to do about making sure that I'm safe in that regard. Um, he has agreed to go get tested for HIV. Um, he's going to do that tomorrow, but I'm also really worried about uh, other stuff. A note about the next call. The sound quality is terrible, and it's just something we sometimes have to roll with. Everyone in the world has a cell phone. Sometimes I call people back, and they're standing apparently in the Grand Canyon during a windstorm. And there's not a lot we can do about it. We wanted to use this call. But if you're one of those listeners who uh, is annoyed by calls with terrible sound quality, you might want to skip this next one. Hello. Hey, it's Dan Savage. Hi. Can you talk now? Is this a bad time? Uh, yeah, I can. Have you fucked this guy yet? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, oh my god, we got okay. virginity. Yeah. Congratulations, welcome to the dark side. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm terrified that I ended up with like three STDs or something. Your chances of contracting a fatal potentially fatal STD under those circumstances are really minimal. Um, and you will never have sex ever again if you're this much of a stress fest. You know, people who go skiing accept that there's some small risk that they may not come off that mountain. <coughs> and they accept that risk because skiing is so much fun and snowboarding. <coughs> people who get on bikes and ride through urban areas know that they are at risk of being run over by a truck. But they accept the risk because the exercise and the pleasure are worth it. Sex is worth some risk, shouldering some risk, accepting some risk. The pleasure is worth it. You have to do what you can to minimize the risk, and you did. You went above and beyond the call of duty in minimizing the risks that you faced. But there will always be some risk. You could have gotten gonorrhea, oral gonorrhea. You could have gotten syphilis. You could have gotten herpes. You could have gotten chlamydia in the throat. You could have gotten all sorts of crazy fucked up shit. You probably didn't. Right? Yeah. And you know. And the ones I'm worried about are the ones that you can't cure with antibiotics, like herpes. And well, herpes is really not that big a deal. And shitloads of people are exposed, uh, are carriers to the virus, and completely asymptomatic all their lives. I mean, am I just probably going to get this if I'm having. You are going to get. Several partners. Uh... Partners, you will inevitably be exposed at some point. Uh, to herpes, whether or not the exposure takes, whether or not you become a carrier is another question, whether or not you ever have symptoms is another question. You will definitely be exposed to HPV, the human virus, at some point, because 80% of sexually active people have been and are. You just have to look at, you know, a life without sexual activity versus a life with sexual activity and physical intimacy and the rewards that it brings and decide which one is scarier. Right. A life without physical intimacy and sexual pleasure, for me and for most people, is scarier than a life with no sex. Or, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's scarier than a life with sex and some yeah. degree of risk that then you, you work to minimize. Uh -huh. Why are you losing your virginity to dudes you're, you're finding off Craigslist instead of dating? Um, I have some real hang-ups about my body and... That basically has prevented me from doing anything before this. I 
Craigslist because I felt like I could show my body first, and if they accepted it, I'd mm-hmm. not have to worry about getting rejected after like getting emotionally involved and that sort of thing. Okay, well, you can continue to do that. <laughs> to, like, yeah, I know. I was also it was also like an attempt to like get over the hump because I realized it's pretty much mostly in my head, and maybe if I just started having sex, I wouldn't be so uncomfortable when I go out and try to meet people for, like, a relationship. Right, and you can do it all. You can meet people online where you let it all hang out. You can go out and meet people. It's not like doing one precludes you from doing the other. <clears throat> and you can date people you met via Craigslist. You could see this guy again if he's up for seeing you again. <clears throat> uh, you can date people you meet on other websites uh, that you may have better luck with because they have less freaks and rapists and killers. Yeah. I mean, he's a nice guy. Like, he's not a, a creep or anything. See him again. You yeah, I, I plan on it. jumped over through a million hoops to get at your ass. Yeah. So he must have thought it was worth the trouble. I guess so. You can have a sort of getting your feet wet, ongoing relationship with him where, you know, he's sort of the person who initiates you sexually, who breaks you in and uh-huh. leaves you feeling a little bit more confident when you go off and find somebody else that you're actually sexually attracted to and emotionally attracted to, too, that you might be interested in dating if you're not interested in dating him. Yeah. But calm the fuck down, would you? Yeah, I'll try. It's just sex. You get in cars? Yes. People die in cars every day. I know. You get yeah. in airplanes? Mm-hmm. What could happen to that Air France flight from Brazil to, yeah. to Paris? You, there's, there's a million things you do every day where you don't even think about the risks because you've just accepted them. You know, you cook your chicken and you wear your seatbelt. And then you, if you get in a car wreck and die, well, that was too bad. But that happens and you got to go sometime. And it's the same thing with sex. Wear your fucking seatbelt, take all reasonable precautions, but accept that you may wind up in bed with a serial killer. You may contract a sexually transmitted infection at some point. You may suffocate to death with some other dude's ass on your face. Anything can happen. It's the mission is accepting the risk and the moving and not stressing about it all your life, all right? All right. Talk to you later. And we're going to leave it there. The number here at the podcast, if you'd like to record a question for a future show, 206-201-2720. Please leave your name and a callback number in case we have a follow-up question for you, and we will surprise you with a call, perhaps. Once again, 206-201-2720 is the number. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com, and the text every at-risk youth and I will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thank you for listening.